Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 22 for Thursday, March 15th. I'm Alex Uwe, and I'm here today with Ray Estrada. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing okay. You know, we seem to be approaching the season very rapidly, and yet I feel like there's so much stuff that I still need to do. I know you're not ready. I'm, I'm ready. not ready. I'm, I'm getting ready. We're getting there. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready. Exactly. I, you know. You know, I, I'm confident that by the time opening day comes around, we're going to be so ready to roll. It's going to be great. We're going to have lots of great stuff for you. Yeah, so this podcast, though, you know, we're going to go... Um, first, I'll give you a few updates on what we'll be doing. And then after that, we will banter about a few things. You know, spring training's going on. There's some news out there. There's still free agent signings because the market is... You know what it has been all off season, and these guys are gonna have to sign eventually. Some of them are coming off the board, but yeah. First of all, I'll go ahead and and uh, make a few announcements. First off, we have a new website URL. We are beattheshiftbaseball.com now. It's so easy to say, so Yay. easy, to, so easy to type into your web browser. So make sure you do that because we have all of our content there all our podcasts some good easy articles. to tell your friends in conversation yes that is a very nice feature of having a nice clean url like that but you know the website is what it is and that has been you know pretty consistent um so it's a good place to find all of our stuff you know all anything you'd ever need from us is there so uh, make sure you check that out uh, BeatTheShiftBaseball.com Also, we are going to be starting up Fantasy Baseball Podcasts again starting next week just kind of like we did last year be a weekly thing and the plan right now is to release them every Thursday so next Thursday, that's March 22nd, be on the lookout for our first Fantasy Baseball Podcast of 2018. I know the season hasn't started yet, but lots of you out there are drafting, I know, and I am actually working on fantasy baseball rankings, uh, just as I've done in years past, that will be released on Sunday, this Sunday, March 18th. That is going to be a hard deadline for me. I will make sure to have those available, uh, hopefully in time for your your drafts, but if not, you know, I did I did my best, so that'll be up soon I, I think it'll be a top 300 um list for you know s- standard roto leagues but i'll have lots of analysis on other types of leagues and stuff too um no worries there so make sure you check that out uh this sunday and you know for the fantasy baseball podcast that we do uh, just like last year we'd absolutely love to hear your questions you know specific questions about your teams and you know any advice that you need Send us your fantasy baseball questions on Twitter or Facebook or email as well. Uh, you can do that at BeatTheShiftBP uh, on Twitter and Facebook or email us BeatTheShiftBaseball at gmail.com. And we also have an Instagram now. That's relatively new, so you can check us out there if you haven't already. Uh, also at BeatTheShiftBP. And I'll take a moment to just remind all of you to uh, rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcatcher you're listening on, uh, because it really would help us out. We want to hear what you think. Uh, that's the main reason we do this. We want to 
want to interact. We want to hear what you have to say uh, about what we have to say. So yeah, make sure you do all those things. That's a lot of information I just threw out there. Uh, all of it will be in the description as well. So we will get into our our friendly baseball banter as we always do. And we'll start with some free agent signings, the biggest of which is Jake Arietta. He finally found a home, and it's not in Chicago anymore. He is going to be joining the Philadelphia Phillies for a cool $75 million over three years. It's an interesting contract, and I'll get into some more details in a moment on that. But uh, Ray, initial reaction is that the right spot for him for, you know, for all things considered... <laughs> Um, I I think it's a good move by the Phillies. I don't know. My concern about Jake Arrieta is that he's um he he struggled in Baltimore. He got to Chicago, won a Cy Young, had another fantastic half season, and it's kind of fallen off. And we kind of noted that talking just this off season and and last season. So I'm wondering whether it always is. Guys, when they're successful in one spot, you wonder if it's the spot that makes them successful or if they change it and carry that to other spots. Regardless, I think Philadelphia made a good move. I I mean, they seem to be getting the type of a uh, – they got Carlos Santana, Pat Neshek, um, now Jake Arrieta. I, and we've raved about their young players. So I think they're closer than a lot of us may think, or they think they're closer than what some of the pundits are saying. So I, I see no – maybe the – Three years, I think, is a good length. You're not locking him up too long, uh, even though it is, on average, about $25 million a year. But um, all in all, uh, not a bad deal. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, the price tag is significantly lower than $200 million. Yeah. That's kind of what Jake Arrieta and Scott Boris were hoping for. Obviously not going to happen. That wasn't going to happen any way, you, any way you shook it there. But... You know, from the Phillies' perspective, it is a good trade or good signing, and I think it's a good spot for Jake Arrieta too because he has a chance to obviously stay in the National League, but you know, change divisions, get out of a very competitive uh, NL Central division, and you know, maybe a little bit of a refresh will will help him out. Um, you know, he he was kind of laboring with the Cubs there near the end but there's no denying that those three years that he spent with the Cubs are some truly special years um, not just in terms of what he was able to do um, you know statistically putting up Cy Young numbers but also you know they made it to um, it was for it was more than three years with the Cubs but they did make the playoffs pretty much um, every year for the last three years I think that's what I was meaning to say yeah and that run, you know, it does a lot to boost a guy's confidence, especially a guy that was, you know, kind of tooling around with another team for a long time, just couldn't figure it out. And uh, you know, he did he did uh, publicly release an open letter to the the Cubs, kind of thanking them for for everything they were able to do for him. And you know, it's it's good to see, you know, appreciation like that. Um, it's not all bad blood in business. It is, you know, it's a very emotional decision behind behind all this stuff. And, you know, I think Arietta got the the payday that he deserved. 
um, definitely not, definitely not too much, but also, you know, a, a respectable amount. It's not like the Phillies got him at like an absolute bargain either. Um, he will be making thirty million dollars next year, and then decreasing to twenty-five and twenty over the next two years. Um, so that's a little bit different. That's a good solid progression, though. Yeah, I like it, nice round numbers. It makes sense for the Phillies too, based on the time timeline of when they really see themselves uh, trying to compete. You know, their peril is so low this year in 2018 that they can afford to to por- to portion some of that uh, area of money into this next year, so they you know have a little bit more um, flexibility in the next two years following that. So it's smart. I wish teams would do more of this creative uh, contract construction. There's there's more to be done, more to be experimented with. Um, So I'm I'm happy for Jake Arrieta, and I am liking what the Phillies are rolling out there now, because Jake Arrieta, you know, any way you shake it, there's criticism about his performance uh, last season, particularly like the last half of last season. But he was good. He was not a bad pitcher last year. Um, he was not a 1.77 ERA pitcher, but he was a very formidable pitcher. You know, his he is, his ERA ended up around 3.5. He still, you know, hovers around like nine strikeouts per nine innings, which is, you know, not insane, but that's like not a huge drop off there for him. Most of the concern has to do with his stuff and his fastball velocity. Uh, the bite on his slider slash cutter has been significantly worse uh, of a pitch in general last year. So there's things to be ironed out. That does not mean he's bound to hit a wall. Um, he's not an old man yet. Um, he's he's only 32 years old right now. So you know I think we're going to see at least a few more good years out of Jake Arrieta. Um, maybe not 2015 Jake Arrieta, though. So, yeah, anything else on him before we move on? Uh, no, I, I like that you mentioned how they structured the deal, how um, progressively they're going to loosen up a couple extra million dollars uh, per year as they start to really kind of grow as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, the Minnesota Twins have also been busy. They signed Lance Lynn to a one-year deal for $12 million dollars. And that is an important piece for the Twins because they seemingly have no pitching. And they still don't really have a lot of pitching. I, I kind of say pitching in air quotes right now when referring to the Twins, unfortunately. Um, they could still use some help, but Lance Lynn is definitely a good piece there. What do you, what do you have on Lance Lynn? Do you like um, his prospects for having you know another solid season? Um, of reminiscent of his car- Cardinals days? Uh, yeah, I think Lance Lynn is a solid pitcher in general. Um, the thing about the Twins is that they needed an ace uh, like Arietta um, or, uh, like, or, or Darvish. Unfortunately, they didn't get him because when you look at the Twins' pitching situation, they had good pitching last year, but it was kind of an unreal year from Irvin Santana. He's going to be 35, I believe, this year uh jose barrios remains a question mark in terms of his consistency so uh, i think 
I mean, Lance Lance certainly helps, but he's not going to be that guy who's going to take over as the ace in Minnesota, which is what they need, I think, to, to really get excited uh, get excited for that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously they mis- missed out on the Darvish and Arietta sweepstakes. And, you know, that's not too unexpected. The Twins have not been known to land big fish like that before. But when you look at their depth chart in the starting rotation, even after adding Lance Lynn, you still probably have to slot Kyle Gibson and Phil Hughes as your four and five. You'd obviously like to throw some better options in there if you're looking to make a run at a division or a wild card if you're the Twins, and they will not have Irvin Santana for some time. Uh, I don't remember how long they said, but he will definitely not be uh, ready to go out of the gates. So, you know, they are going to be leaning heavily on Jose Barrios, who I think is really good and I think will only get better I, as he matures. I, I, think, I, think, I think he's really good too. I think the issue is his consistency. He has very good stuff, but he'll have stretches of like five starts where he's fantastic and then he'll get blown up three starts in a row. And you can't necessarily have that from a guy who could very well be an ace in the years to come. Right, but I think a lot of that has to do with maturing physically too in terms of fatigue. Last year he openly said going down the stretch that he's fatigued he needs extra time to you know to feel his best and as he develops you know the stuff is going to be really good when he's feeling good and you know I have you know every expectation that he is going to um, improve his durability this season um, and just you know kind of turn it up even further I think he's got that kind of makeup um, based on how effective he was in the minor leagues as well. Um, so I think he's definitely the guy, the, really the only guy to watch in Minnesota in the rotation there. They have Jake Odorizzi also um, and Lance Lynn. So it's nothing. They also land Odorizzi. Uh, do you think they they land Alex Cobb by any chance? I would like to see them do something like that. I think the Brewers are another really obvious choice there uh, for Alex Cobb, who is... I guess the the most notable free agent still out there now, right? Uh, starting pitcher, yeah. Greg Holland is also still a free agent. Yeah, and you know the the Twins bullpen is okay. It could also use some help. Maybe they'll be looking at him. Um, but yeah, there's not a ton of pitching out there. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's not too many options to to pull from right now. So Alex Cobb is obviously the best. And most avail most readily available option to fill that to fill that void for the twins. So let's get to something a little bit more fun now. We finally have that that sigh of relief knowing that Ichiro Suzuki is going to remain in the big leagues, and then those like emotional feels when you see that he's going back to Seattle on a one year deal because you know, a lot of people last year were saying that in the series between the Marlins and uh, the Mariners uh, at Safeco, that that'll that might be the last game Ichiro plays in that ballpark. Um, happy to say, it's not the case, and he's he's home. That's what everybody is of the gener- of the consensus of is that this is where he belongs. Um, this is a team that. I think can kind of be fueled by that return and definitely needs some some good news. They're a team that's dealt with a lot of injuries. 
in a lot of misfortune in terms of um, you know free agent signing, particularly Shohei Otani. They kind of compensated by getting a 40-year-old version of Shohei Otani. If they would just let Ichiro <laughs> pitch, come on, like he's he's, he's got only, a wicked slider. He's only pitched one major league inning. Uh, he needs he needs more on his on his resume. So hopefully the Mariners will go full Shohei with him and make him a full-on two-way player. That's that's all I ask, really. I mean, is it is it unprecedented for a team to sign a 40-year-old Major League Hall of Fame caliber player and convert him into a two-way player? Has that been done? I mean, there hasn't been a two-way player basically since Babe Ruth, so I would say no. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, you, I got my hopes up for no reason then. Too bad. Yeah, um, so but this is, this is just nice. All is starting to a little bit is right again in the world. Ichiro's back in Seattle. Uh, he can still play a little bit. He certainly lost a step or two, but like, just uh, he's a solid player. Plays solid defense. Can still put the ball in play. That's the thing. His his hitting ability is so beautiful that like no matter how how much he ages, like it's if that. He can make that swing. He can, he can hit. Yeah, and he's playing till he's fifty. Everybody, do not do not count him out. If he says he's playing till he's fifty, that means he's playing till he's fifty. He's dead serious about that. I will, I will fight on his behalf to make sure that happens. Um, so we got a little bit of time to go. He's forty-four years old. So, you know, forty-four. What what? How old would he be? Or what year would it be when he's fifty years old? It would be. 2024 is that right am i good at math um, uh yeah so we just need to get him to 2024 to get him through the big leagues at age 50 um so right now his i saw that his average uh sprint speed based on Statcast is the same as his teammate kyle seager which is obviously not the ideal um, or the expected mark that you'd put Ichiro at at any point in his career. But, you know, considering he's 44 years old and he's as fast as, you know, a pretty average major league third baseman, um, how fast do you think he'd still be by the time he's 50 years old playing um, playing in the outfield still? Faster than Albert Pujols. Faster than Albert Pujols? Yeah. Faster than Albert Pujols now or faster than now. Albert Pujols now. in 2024? All right. What about faster than, let's say, like just an average catcher? Like is he going to be faster than um, like Tyler Flowers, let's say, in mm. 2024? He might be about as fast as Tyler Flowers, like an average catcher. Really? You think so? Because that's going to it's gonna be tough to do, you know, at that age to uh, – yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It's a it's I, a tough question for sure. I don't want to doubt him. I don't want to doubt him either. I want to believe that whatever happens with this Statcast data was just a complete fluke, and he goes back to, um, you know, blinding everybody with his speed and getting infield singles for days. Um, so I can I can still hold out hope for something like that to happen, and. Yeah, so Ichiro back in Seattle, and we will be patiently waiting to see how he holds up 
over the next six years until he he does his time and gets his age 50 major league at yeah. bats because he's he turns 45 this year but not till october 22nd so okay so he will turn 50 right after in 2023 right after, after, 2023 after the 2023 season, season. we have to okay. wait till 2024 so for he's gonna be so he's gonna be like fifty and a half. Yeah, that's a bit. It's a big difference, I'm sure. Um, but I, I, I can't wait to see it. All right, I'm let's excited. get, let's get a little bit um, unorthodox here. We are going to talk about the Royals' interesting seminar, um, talking about the evils of pornography and how. I, I don't even know where to go from there. The Royals held a team-wide anti-porn seminar during spring training. Uh, this was a couple weeks ago now, but that is certainly news that I was not expecting to see from any major league club. Um, I'm, you know, instantly connecting to, uh, to Rugnet Odor, not the, not the one with the Rangers, but other, other Rugnet who, um, who is, you know, <laughs> he? if you know the story, then you know what I'm talking about. Otherwise, I'd probably feel comfortable, more comfortable not explaining exactly what I'm talking about. But the Kansas City Royals are doing something unusual here. What's what's the long game here? What's the Royals? What's, what are they hoping to get out of sharing this information with their team? I have absolutely no clue. Maybe they were bad last year because they were watching too much porn. I don't know. Like, I, I'm wondering if this was, like, a clubhouse issue in particular. Like, was there, like, an abundance of it within the clubhouse that caused distractions? Was there, <laughs> like, were there were there nudie mags, like, found on the, the floor of the locker room? Um, I know that's, like, just so weird to think about. Um, or was it just some some higher up in the organization that wants to push some strange uh, evangelical agenda it's most likely that but it's more fun to think about um the disturbing alternatives that the royals are somehow involved in uh, i think it was summed up well by a, a photo that was taken in the like in the in the hall where the seminar was and all of them looked like either had the look of why am I here or why is this happening to me or at all because it's something that I don't I hope doesn't happen again you know it's it's 2018 man come on like it's we're past this right and we, 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 sh we should be but I mean it's uh People will continue being weird people. It is it. It's probably just like you said, higher up, probably pushing some evangelical agenda. But it uh, another fun like wacky theory is that Eric Hosmer was controlling the porn usage last year, but now he's gone, so they had to bring in somebody to do a seminar. Oh, so like Eric Eric Hosmer was the 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 chastity belt, is what you're saying? Like he was the the fun police. Yes. So to yes, speak. he he was a, he was the fun police. And then he's gone, so they're like, wait, we don't have a Hosmer guy to tell all the players to stop watching porn, so let's bring in this guy. I, if, if that's the 
the proposed scenario, then I like I like to believe that Salvador Perez is like the antagonist to that. Um, oh, he like is constantly the antagonist. Like constantly trying he... to supply his teammates with as much pornography as possible, and Eric Hosmer is trying to shut him down at, at every. So, at Salvador every turn. Perez is the complete antagonist. Like as soon as you start talking about like guys watching too much porn, or, like nudie max stuff, he popped straight into my head. I don't know how to interpret that, but I will, you know, kind of take that for what it is. Um, and you know, if we're getting really deep into the conspiracy theories. You know, what are the chances that Jorge Bonifacio was not suspended 80 games for PED, you know, being positive for PEDs, but was actually suspended 80 games for, you know, watching porn? You got to you got to think there. I, I give it a reasonable chance. Yeah. Like there's there's only so many, you know, ways to uh, to get a player suspended. Obviously, PEDs is the uh the easy scapegoat there but maybe it was something else so um you gotta you gotta you gotta keep your eyes up people stay woke all right we are going to finish this podcast by talking about something that really shouldn't be talked about at all it shouldn't be a conversation because it is a pretty one-sided issue from a fan perspective from seemingly a player perspective and seemingly a non- Rob Manfred perspective. It is pretty one-sided. So the pace of play rules in Major League Baseball were announced before. Minor League. That, well, I'm oh. kind of recapping right. real quick about the, the limiting mound visits and revised um, in-between innings clock. Um, so those are like very relatively minor changes to the pace of play rule. We didn't, we've never gotten a chance to dive too far into the mound visit conversation but that's not the the present news at hand um so yesterday rob manfred announced that in the minor leagues they're going to implement a pace of play rule where you place a runner on second base at the start of extra innings um for every you know half inning that a team is out there obviously not baseball because you don't throw base runners on base to start an inning that is something that you'd maybe do in a team practice in high school when you're trying to work on situational hitting. Uh, that's not something you do in the extra innings of a major league, or a, not, not a major league game, but a professional baseball game, the minor league level. I, I have a feeling where your thoughts will lead here, but I will let you vent about this just a little bit here. Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, what a shocker. It's, like I said, I like going to watch minor league baseball games. Um, and I told you this before we recorded. One of my favorite memories is me and my dad, we saw a three-and-a-half-hour, 13-inning game, uh, Ranch Cooping of Quakes. I think it was the San Jose Giants. Uh, high A, um they had 13 innings in the 12th. They played a dance song, and the bullpens were dancing to it, and it was great. It's fun times. It was done at 10:30. The, and so to take that away, be saying, "No, wait, you guys didn't want to watch it all that, did you? You guys didn't want to stay that late." It's like, no, we didn't care. I saw I saw a good tweet today. Can't remember who who tweeted it. I'm sorry if they're not listening, but um, they said like people who are people who are turned off by the pace of baseball 
aren't watching the tenth inning anyways. They're they're gone in the seventh, the eighth. They're not watching extra innings. The baseball fans who don't give a crap if games go three hours because most like football games last three hours, but nobody complains about the pace of play of football because it's a different type of sport and stuff like that. But baseball, God forbid, it takes three hours. The the <laughs> it's like the baseball the people who care about pace of play and like who are turned off by it don't care about extra innings. Uh, there was one thing it got implemented somewhere. I think maybe lower divisions last year. The runner on second and it was like, oh, it shaved off 16 minutes. Like, yeah, that's because it's games are kind of cheap now. Like, it's it's same thing with hockey with a shootout. Like, it's it's a gimmick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's I think where the problem lies with most baseball, true baseball fans, is the lack of integrity to the fundamentals of the game and that that bugs people like you're taking you're changing everything about the sport basically when you're saying we're going to put a runner on base for no like for no reason basically like other than we want it to end like what kind of spirit is that and you can compare it easily to other sports where you know obviously um soccer football has a like penalty kick shootout at the end that's kind of the equivalent they they have regulation Here, here's the deal. that's when that's when a team has to win they soccer exactly exactly I, I i've i've seen people writing like people debating like oh like like who cares about wins losses in the minor leagues so, like then if you don't care about wins or losses just call it ties just spring training ends after 10 innings we don't need to throw this gimmick out because you want to end games early if you don't care yeah. about winter losses, just call ties after 10 innings. I mean, they could do that too. I mean, this is getting into dangerous territory. There's lots of like minor details that would have to be worked out in terms of scoring, in terms of um, you know just how the the game works fundamentally that are not you know very apparent at this moment. And I'll just go ahead and say, you know, I. I don't want to go on for too long here because my point has been made. Your point has been made. Um, that that part has been said, but I just I don't want to see this this kind of slippery slope where it gets experimental to the point of alienating the fans that exist. You know. Yeah, we we, we talked about this um, at the beginning of last season. I remember we had this conversation and we're like, "There's enough." A majority of baseball fans are true baseball fans who don't care if games go three hours, fifteen minutes. They're they're gonna watch games. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not tra- like I said, there's not traditional baseball fans being turned off by baseball. It's it's the notion that they're trying to gain all these um, so-called millennial fans, Gen Z fans who have ADD and stuff like that. And the 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 reality of it is like even with these pace to play uh, measures, you're not gonna get enough. Um, uh, you're not going to get enough of those fans, draw in enough of those fans to offset what will be a loss of traditional baseball fans. Because uh, to draw more parallels to the sports like NASCAR has tried to modernize and they're losing a lot of old fans. Um, golf has tried to do some stuff and they've lost some fans. So like you're going to lose the, your traditional peers fans, and it's not like it's and it's not it's not like oh they're old studies anyways. They shouldn't think like that it's like no this is you're messing with 
baseball itself. You're messing with the game itself. Yeah, that's that's the line for most people. Like tinker with the pace of play, these little minor things to just kind of keep things moving along. Not everybody's going to be happy about it either, but when you start messing with fundamental parts of this game, that's when it 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 gets upsetting. This is such fundamental part of the game is get them on, get them over, get them in. You shouldn't eliminate the first part. It's it's such it's I you know I don't I don't really know what to say other than like you're screwing with some something that has been popular for over a hundred years now and who who is one person Almost. to say that things need to change? No, there's been no outcry that baseball is dying and needs a change. Well, that nobody they're, they're complains fixing something that's not broken. No, pe- the people who complain oh baseball games take, take too long don't say oh I uh, extra inning games take too long. Because those people don't care about extra inning games. Yeah, and also extra innings, like at last year anyway, accounted for about one and a half percent of the total innings played in all of baseball last year. They're not attacking pace of play at the heart. There, it's it's no, a, it's, it's, a a, minor, it's the same thing with the, little change. Yeah, it's the same thing with the intentional walks last mm-hmm. year. The intentional walks took like I like a very like reasonable amount of time total all last year. Like you're saving like it's like 30 seconds or something 30 seconds to a minute per walk it's like that's not going to change anything that's not going to because manfred wants like i want it under three hours but it sounds like the way he's talking about uh pace of play like he wants it two and a half hours and that's just not plausible for a major league baseball game that has to have five commercials between every inning mm-hmm. yeah there's lots of problems and we've made our positions clear we'd love to hear what you think about the issue um if you ha- if you don't agree with us, that would be the more um, compelling argument that I'd like to hear. Um, so make sure you you know reach out to us and get in touch on social media, Twitter, Facebook, email uh, at beattheshiftbp. That's where you can we'll, do that. We'll argue with you. Yeah, we'll argue for days, and that's kind of what, why we do this. We love arguing. We don't like agreeing all the time. No, no, hardly ever. So. Yeah, that's going to do it for this podcast today, though. Uh, Like I mentioned before, there will be fantasy baseball stuff resuming next week. And, you know, if you're into that, make sure you stay tuned. Um, Yeah, so that is all I have for today. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. As always, Ray. Peace. You hit the last time, you know we're gonna find you Sick in the car, sick